1450 WKXL, New Hampshire Talk Radio.com. My name is Jane Cormier, and welcome back to Artful Living. Is it B R I C K S? B R I X. B R I X. New word for Scrabble. I never knew that word. Bricks. We have silver singles. <laughs> But, well, that, you know, that's what you do when you're outside. Ooh, the show must go on. <laughs> right. This is Jane Cormier, and welcome to Artful Living. We uh, have a really cool program for everyone out there today. Um, I just want to let everybody know that uh, Artful Living is a program that we do weekly here on WKXL. And uh, all of our previous programs can be caught on our NewHampshireTalkRadio.com website. So any programming you might be interested in hearing here at WKXL, you can hear right online at NHTalkRadio.com. So we'll throw that out there in the beginning, and hopefully uh, you guys will want to hear some of our cool programs. Um, I also do the In Touch program with Ken Kale, which is more of a current event kind of program. So it's always a pleasure to come in and do our arts Artful Living Program. Uh, Our guest today is a Concord resident. Um, She is a friend. She is someone that has worked with me in so many different capacities. Mm -hmm. And uh, Lucy Gentilhomme, welcome to Artful Living. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, thank you for coming and joining us today. So I tell all of my folks that come in and share their stories, whether it's about uh, farming, whether it's about music, whether it's about drama, whatever it might be that makes our living artful, uh, that we have a conversation here. That's what today is all about. We're going to have a conversation. And it's going to be about a topic near and dear to my heart, and I know near and dear to yours as well, uh, and that is youth and the arts. And uh, I thought that might be a pretty cool topic because we've had youth come in and sing for us and talk to us. But I don't know that anybody uh, really understands why, right? The arts are important for our youth. And I thought you would be a great gal to have this conversation with. <laughs> well, I, uh, I, I've had some experience with it, and I, uh, there's data to support it, yes. and there's my own, there are my own observations over time. Uh, they did a study at UCLA of quite a, about a, half, a quarter million kids many years ago. But the kids who participate in drama do better in school. They're more likely to participate in community service. They're more likely to be elected to class office or participate in math and science fairs. Yeah. And then there was another study about uh, kids who were at risk and how the experience in theater helped improve their social skills, and, and they improved academically. Yes. So that's, the, that's some of the data that supports the arts and children. Yeah, absolutely. But then there are the other things that we observe in, in kids that's just one, they're wonderful. Yes. Well. I think everybody kind of has, the, um, has heard the narrative, you know, that, oh, the arts are good, and that's nice, and it's kind of a nice thing to throw out for kids here and there. But... Um, the more I read about the topic, and I've been sort of interested in, in reading an awful lot of brain mm. and art books, right? Mm-hmm. How the arts affect mm-hmm. the brain development. I'm on my second one, um, arts and, and brain activity. It's at school. It's at my school right now. I sort of read every chapter when I can in between, right? Um, but 
it's just amazing to me to see the connecting that goes on in the brain with with the arts mm -hmm. and evidently the only thing that is like it is when we are speaking in a foreign language really? that connectivity oh. goes goes to the other hemisphere when we're speaking a different you know a different language so if i'm i'm english and i'm speaking german all right the connectivity is similar to to the art you know to to working with an art art frame or you know whether it's music whether it's drama whether it's sewing something that makes you take directions and have to physically you know put them to practice um in a creative way and it causes all kinds of neat development in the brain so i thought maybe we would talk a little bit about that now in your past you've been in education mm -hmm. what have you done in education <laughs> Well, I, I taught years ago, but uh, in Concord for 19 years, I was the guidance counselor at Beaver Meadows School. Oh, cool. And uh, our principal, Roger Brooks, had a, uh, a heart for the arts and knew that they were good for children. So we developed a theater program called the Student Actors Program. And uh, there were several key people. And when I came on board, I had the opportunity to be a part of it. And it was wonderful to see how staff participated, how parents were involved. Uh, it was a wonderful way for me to get to know the children I was working with Absolutely. in a different way. So it made me very approachable in my work as a guidance counselor. Oh, I'm sure you were awesome at that. I mean, because you do have a real love for the arts. I mean, I've seen you. For, for, for you folks out there, I met Lucy because she became interested in taking some voice lessons. She has a beautiful voice and uh, wanted to take some lessons some years ago. And so we met sort of in that framework and developed a friendship and just stayed connected. Um, creative gal. You're a real creative gal. And, and you really understand the importance. It's not frivolity for you. The arts are a real strong part of what we need to, you know, inculcate in our kids and in our community. And you get that. Mm. Not many people get that. You know, they might enjoy it, but there's a difference in the seriousness of the approach. I think you really get it. And obviously, you know, working with your kids at the school, um, you understood that that allowed you another way to, to, to get to them, you know, to right. sort of, you know. Uh, it was uh, especially fun when I played Mrs. Hannigan for several years. Oh, that's... <laughs> So, as the school guidance counselor, of course, I was known as a very nice person and pretty approachable. Right. And then in that role, I got to play the antithesis of that. And <laughs> it made kids' eyes widen, and they were very amused yes. that suddenly Mrs. G was behaving as a kind of a mean and uh, uh, punishing old woman. Yeah, well, you were playing with them. I was you playing, were playing. Right. They got it that I was playing <laughs> with them. Yes. And yeah, and it was it was really great fun. So so you know, really when we look at things, art has the ability to of course um, give us skills and show us how to enjoy things at a, di a different level. But a huge portion of the arts is that it connects with other people on a personal level. If it's if it's I have to tell you right now, we're doing Into the Woods at Founders mm. Academy. Mm. And uh, mm. for those of you out there, I, I teach at Founders Academy, which is a, a public charter school 
Um, sometimes we talk about that here and sometimes we don't. So if you're a new listener, you might not know that. But um, love teaching. I love kids. And we do a musical every year. Well, Into the Woods is not an easy show. Mm. It's a tough show. And, um, you know, working with the kids, we've got the music down. Well, well, now we're working on the set. Now, I might have a set design, but don't ask me to build it. So I put a call out to the parents, right? And I have five parents who are now going to come on a Saturday and build my set. And not only is that awesome for me, because now we have a set, but do you know how excited the kids are that their folks Mm -hmm. are going Mm -hmm. to come and build the set with us, right? Yeah. There's so many (laughs) skills needed in putting on a theatrical performance, opera or regular, some sort of musical theater. Yes. And I've seen that too. And you find that people have different skills you had no ideas they had. (laughs) To create these structures that are stable and how to paint them and uh, special effects. Um, And uh, I was thinking also back to the the kids and their acting. You know, kids have to be, uh, any actor has to be very uh, much able to think on their feet and to improvise because things may not go exactly as you want. (laughs) They mostly don't. (laughs) And for kids to learn that through theater or opera, is a great thing because it's just a great learning experience. I remember we had children who would sometimes, having watched the show a few times in rehearsal, uh, could take on the role of another another student yeah. when we were in a crunch. Yeah. And uh, and they felt, you know, they could see it. They felt very proud of themselves. They also realized what they were, how they were helping us. It sure. Was wonderful. So it, absolutely, it enriches the process and it enriches the people participating in it. Um, and we don't stop to think about that. We think mm-hmm. about just putting the show on, right? Mm-hmm. But for, for looking at how these kids were reacting with, uh, actually, our show runs a week or two behind, right? Because we record Art for Living. Uh, and this Friday, we're supposed to get a horrible storm, which was the day that we had set to build the set. So we're going to have to wait. But, you know, they were so excited today mm-hmm. when we got to school. They were so excited. Oh, Mrs. Cormier, you know. Mr. Hoosey is coming to build the set, and, you know, we're going to all be there. And it makes all kids feel like my parents care. And yes. They, they really care and value what I'm doing. It builds I'm community. I'm proud of them, and it feels <laughs> great. great. It is. It is great. And that's maybe that's why I like it so much is that uh, it's, it is interactive in the communication aspect, you know. But um, here, I have a list of some things. Let's talk about some of these things. This is actually a really wonderful article. And if anybody wanted to, to look at that, this article is called 10 Reasons Why Kids Need Art and Music. And it's by artsandmusiccenter.com. And um, what I liked about it, and we're not going to talk in depth on all of them, but what I liked about it is they, they go into these 10 things with a very short but specific reason. And that's my kind of thing. I like that kind of thing. I, I like reading too. But to me, if you're going to talk about something um, that has specifics like this. I like short hits that that really get to it, you know. So the first one they say is music boosts young brains. And um, instead of viewing, as we were saying, instead mm. of viewing music as an extracurricular activity, consider it an overall part of your child's education. So we know that the brain centers in music and math are the same mm-hmm. side, right? Mm-hmm. They work in the same hemisphere. Um and 
understanding that music isn't just an extra that you can take away. You know, if the funding isn't there, we'll just cut it. Uh, that if you use music, you can enhance learning. I don't know. You probably I've, I've saw seen, that. I've seen it, well, uh, pretty obviously, too. Uh, we had a music teacher who would would, combi- would come up with songs to help learn the states, right? Yeah. <laughs> songs to help learn the math. That's right. Uh, and what a wonderful way to just take what's natural for us in children to learn to use music, to sing, and, and help them learn something that maybe doesn't come so easily. Right. And they they hold on to that into adulthood. They do. They remember we the songs. The, the September, <laughs> you know, the, the month song. Yeah. Yeah. They do. And it's funny because they do sometimes sing them. I'll have like a, a, you know, a 10th grade class and we'll have music and they'll start singing the song of how they learned such and such. And I chuckle because what it does is it processes that information with the rhythm and the music into the memory sector. Mm -hmm. And so I would say for this number one here, really great music boosts young brains, but let's take out young music boosts brains period, because we know that music and aging Mm. can really be used to help people with the process of all kinds of aging processes, right? Music is key. If I may share, I I was visiting my, my mother some years ago, she had Alzheimer's, and in the area where she was living, I gathered people together, and we did, we did music. I, I played the guitar, and they sang. And we sang songs that would have been familiar to them in their youth, and even those with pretty severe memory loss would know all the words yeah. to these songs. I was just in awe. Isn't it's that something, something? That, that sticks with you? It does. Forever, for a long, long time. Well, it's that sector of the brain, right, that stores that memory. And uh, music can be such a cathartic thing. So we shouldn't think of it as just for youth. In fact, if um, I had my druthers and I had the ability to do it, I would build programming around uh, music and aging Mm -hmm. uh, from going into health care centers to offering programs to folks and linking up uh, the music and the aging process because I think... Aging doesn't have to be this big negative thing. We think of it that way. But, you know, if we use what we can to enhance the process, I think it can go a long way. You know, I uh, slipped this in. Uh, for a year, I worked through um, a department at the hospital, Concord Hospital, which provided music to patients. And we had uh, a, a violinist. We had um, a flautist. We had a guitar player, uh, I would sing, uh, but would visit patients. And they had, dis- they had determined through research that this, was, this helped people to get better. It helps better. you heal. And uh, yeah. it's another place where it's of value. Yeah, absolutely. And, and in places you wouldn't necessarily, you know, first think about it, right? Music equals healing in a lot of people. So here are some stats. Interesting. So we know that um, music and art improves academic achievement. But here's, the, here's what the Americans for the Arts come up with. Students are four times more likely to be recognized for academic achievement. Four times. Mm. Four times more likely to participate in a math or science fair. Mm-hmm. That's pretty specific, huh? Yeah. Three times more likely to win an award at school. 
and three times more likely to be elected to a class office. Is that not cool? And and just think how (laughs) learning to have presence, being on stage, to speak well, project, project confidence even sometimes when you're nervous, but how much more confidence people might have in that individual running for office than someone who's uncomfortable yeah, absolutely. Uneasy. How about job interviews? Mm. You know, I tell my kids, we're at Founders, you have to take chorus from six to nine, grade six to nine. You have to take it. And, you know, they're like, oh, it's great. I don't want to be here. You know, I can't sing, and I don't like to sing. You know, and I always say, guys, it's, it's so much more than the singing, right? The, to, to find out that I can get up in front of a group of people and be in control of all those nerves is a big deal because sometimes you're going to go on a job interview. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're going to be asked to give a report. All of that is part of it, you know? So we try to go at it in different ways, but absolutely very important. Um, All right, creativity. Mm -hmm. So we know that music and art enhance creativity. Uh, Skills that you, you learn through the arts 72% of employers say creativity is the number one skill they are looking for when hiring. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that you can, it may not be uh, deciding how to make a set, but it's trying to look at a problem and see multiple solutions. Right. And some that are not so obvious, right? Absolutely correct. You know, and to explore that with someone else. Right. Discuss it and... And, and the whole point is, is that moves over. Once It's not like you have to be only in the arts to do that. Mm-hmm. The process of going through that problem solving goes over to the next you know, problem, whatever it might be. And that's why they say they want creativity. Number one, innovation comes from creativity. Yes. We wouldn't necessarily think about that. Yeah. You know? Yes. We have a guest here, a special guest, Lucy Gentiholm. She is from Concord. And she's a former educator, guidance counselor. She's a singer. She's a music lover. Um, And she's sharing some of this time to discuss the importance of arts here in our community and with youth and with people. And uh, you are at Art for Living. My name is Jane Cormier, uh, WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, Concord. And our new signal, 101.9 FM in Manchester. And uh, we're here discussing the arts. We're going to take just a very teeny little break here. And uh, when we come back on the other side, we're going to bring up some more of these important points that maybe you haven't thought of before. Welcome back to Art for Living. My name is Jane Cormier, your host. And uh, we welcome Lucy Gentiholm today on our program here at WKXL. For those of you that don't know, you know, WKXL is like 76 or 78 years offering community radio programs. Uh, pretty cool wow. stuff. Quite a history. Yes, it is. Quite a history. And uh, we're very proud of what we do here. We're a small community radio station, but we try to offer some pretty cool, some pretty cool things. Um, today, arts and youth is our topic. So we've been talking about all the different things, if you're just joining us, uh, that really aren't observed maybe first when we talk about youth and arts. Creativity, 
Um, big one, huge one today, more important than ever in my mind, is the music improves social skills. Mm-hmm. Why is that so important? Well, it is, it is kind of key <clears throat> to your future. It's not, well, not only having friends and working together as you need to do in school, uh, but also as you go into your life, whether it's a work life, you need to be able to communicate, right. problem solve together, hear somebody else's opinion, you know, uh, make a comment that's relevant and uh, progress the discussion to uh, to do some, create something positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's it's helpful. Absolutely, it's it's everything. And today with technology. Um, as an educator, I can tell you that we get into trouble with this one because uh, our kids are spending way too much time on that phone and mm-hmm. on the computer. And why they might they might be getting some good information. I mean, I'm not saying that technology is in itself bad. Uh, we are lacking in a way we have never lacked before in assisting our youth in developing social skills in yes. a big and- way. You know, it's not, we're not going to say technology is bad or video games are inherently bad, Mm -hmm. but we all know, even we adults are impacted by the way phones uh, and programs, programming on your phones, try to entice you to continue to look, continue Mm -hmm. to look, (laughs) look further, you know, push the next button, swipe it here, and it, it can be consuming so that your kids are not spending their time in something as wonderful as the arts, but more on this device that sort of locks them in. Mm-hmm. And if they could get away from that, they're in a new environment where there's so much going on in a theatrical production or opera or choir or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just a mu- it's much healthier for their brains, and it helps them interact with people because they're interacting with all kinds of people. Bingo, bingo, the interaction with people. So we know that we're all social beings, right? That human being is a social being. And um, students, I find at school that um, you have a hard time pulling them off their computer or you find them on their phone when they shouldn't be, um, are students that are not spending time looking at other people. You're not seeing what they're saying. In other words, they don't have the skill to understand. Your face does not match what you said. You have to be, you have to be in other people's space to develop this skill set. And masks. And notice, you know, notice body language, mm-hmm. notice tone of voice, notice right. gesture. Where, how, how do their lo- eyes look? Are they really interested in what you're saying, or they do they look bored? Right. So maybe we need to shift the topic yes. a little bit, or ask them a question. Right. But all of that give and take in social skills. We're um, we're falling behind on yeah. that. Lucy, horribly. And, um, you know, I almost never use my, I I think maybe three times a year, (laughs) I use computers in my classroom. Um, And I'm I'm sad to say that when I ask my kids about it, they're using computers a lot in the other classes. Mm -hmm. Um, And like I said, it's not the technology that's bad, but they're at school. And a portion of that time must be spent in people being mm-hmm. people and talking to people and looking and acting through the people, not the screen. Right. So, um, yeah, music improves social skills. Performance improves. 
arts, any kind of art. Yes, because it brings people together. We need to find better ways to, you know, talk to each other and, and, and learn from each other, I think. So I think it goes far beyond um, just developing a skill, you know. Yeah. And it's, it, it's almost sad, you know, when the kids come and they can tell you about a video game, but they can't tell you uh, about an interaction with a friend where mm -hmm. they really... Or, tell you a story yeah um, I have all about a, a game it's about a game it's like all shrunk down into the, that the world. world has shrunk yes to, to you would technology. think it would be the other wouldn't it because yeah. technology has given us a door to the world mm -hmm. but it hasn't it, it can really shrink it down do you know what um really surprises me in the last two years now maybe I wasn't looking at it before but I've noticed it we'll watch two films a year uh really high art musical films like Les Miserables. Mm. I never do the film parts. I usually do stage productions and or Phantom of the Opera, right? I had kids in eighth and ninth grade that did not understand what was going on in these films because they were unable to access what the character was saying and doing that was different, right? Looking for those details, yeah, right? They they couldn't do Where it. Where did they move? How did they move? Even Where plot. Where did they look? Whatever. Yeah, or plot. Well, the mm. plot. You know, they they weren't able to follow the full plots or subplots mm -hmm. because they were looking at something, you know, too too particularly to back up to see the whole thing. And I I swear it has something to do with the with the screen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you're looking at it at that game or you're looking at that little the, the factoid. Looking at the whole picture of anything, like your environment. Right. Or, or a production. So I think it's shocking. And I think that we better start figuring that out because that's not going to get better unless educators start teaching to the student and stop solely using devices uh, to do that. Not a good thing. Not at all. All right. Art and music improves language and reading skills. That makes sense, right? That's They develop faster with music, particularly in areas with language acquisition and reading skills. Mm -hmm. Especially younger, the younger you can start. Right, right. Here's one huge. Think art and music enhance critical thinking skills. And that's what I'm talking about, about the movie, visual spatial skills. It interprets... Creativity assists people in interpreting using visual information. Um, so, and they do much higher. It says here that they score significantly higher on these reasoning tests because music and abstract thinking, problem solving is, is a precursor to people that function high in mathematics, engineering, and physics. Yes. Uh, this, this, well, all the math involved in learning music. And then you've got to understand the emotion in the music, right? And um, the, uh, how, well, how, how it flows, yeah. Yep. Um, if, you know, if you're playing in the show, right, how does your character, what does your character right. do? Well, their instruments almost are characters, you know, and you have oh, to yeah. be sure you're, you're playing you're paying it. attention. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. You have to play the instrument. And even if it, that's a character, 
Um, the spatial visual thing is if I have to act this, if I have to act this plot line, right, am I showing it enough that the audience is going to get it? That's really helpful for kids to understand how that works. Right. Because you, know? you, you inevitably have to make it bigger on stage for than, if you yeah. would, it, than you would if someone were close to you. Right. And that's good for kids to understand, to understand perception, how things are perceived. Mm -hmm. You might know that you have uh, picked up something, a piece of paper, folded it, and handed it to someone else. But if the audience can't see that, right. if your hands are too close to your body, right. the motions are too small, emotions they are too small. They, right? don't, they don't know what has happened. Right. Why so, are you doing it? Right, Why right, is that paper right. being, how do you feel when you hand that paper off? Right. That's visual spatial. To that, is it a secretively? Yeah. Is it to what we want everyone to see? You know? <laughs> indeed. Indeed. That's exactly. That. Yeah. So the, the spatial temporal thing is huge. And um, again, we lose that with technology so it's more important to enhance it whenever you can to build it up right confidence well hello yes uh so the arts just like give it that that ribbon because if you're going to be in the arts you're going to build confidence there's no doubt about it um and it doesn't matter what age you are you will you will see that we know that statistically, and then I would say anecdotally, we have seen how kids uh, feel so proud, so <laughs> excited about what they're doing, and uh, that comes oh, comes across, and yes. they are they're feeling better about themselves and more confident and willing to try new things because they've just tried this thing that was probably a little scary at the beginning, and they've been successful. Now yeah. Ready to move forward to some other challenges. Absolutely. All true. Uh, you're with Art for Living. My name is Jane Cormier, and Lucy Gentilhome from Concord uh, is our guest, and we're discussing the arts and creativity and the importance on learning in our youth. Uh, WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. We're going to take a little break, and we will come right back. Welcome back, WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM, our new signal in Manchester, New Hampshire. So our shows uh, play multiple times per week, all the way out through Manchester, Goffstown area. Um, and don't forget, any show that WKXL, you can stream the show on NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. It's a great resource. Um, you can go on that website and pick what you like. There's usually a little description of what the shows are about. And uh, today we're thrilled to talk with Lucy Gentilhome about the arts and the importance of the arts. So um, the last two, we were talking about all these other criteria, things that really show how important the arts are for our youth, uh, instills discipline, big time mm -hmm. important today. And we try to emphasize it. <laughs> Don't you? When we had programs, when we had shows, and you you do with your kids. Yes. That there is a discipline to this, and uh, and also the, there's the interdependency there, so that you not only have a responsibility to your director, but you have a responsibility to your co-actors. 
that you are prepared and ready to go so that you can all be proud of the product, the, the performance. Yes, absolutely. The big thing I tell my kids is we're a team. We are a team. We might not be a sports team, mm -hmm. but we're a team, and we each pull our weight, and we're all equally important. Well, and, and you have the opportunity as an adult to model and show kids how we can encourage each other. How do yes. you encourage your friends? Especially maybe they made a mistake, so how do you know they have to, they're going to recover, and how, what can you say that you do to kind of keep things moving or help them? In the middle of a scene, you might be on stage and everybody's watching. <laughs> you might want to feed them a, a line or something. How do we help each other? We're interdependent. Absolutely. So very true. And it actually builds such confidence in the kids when we do that, too, because they benefit from that. They know what they earned. And they know that if, if the director or if the program was, was a high program and then they meet that, that's golden for them. You know, that's golden. And they know the difference. You can't kid a kid. <laughs> a lot smarter than you might think. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I'm sure you've seen this too. It's so lovely when you have a parent or a grandparent or a friend watching you there to watch you and you see their faces <laughs> and how much joy they're getting out of the, the presentation and seeing you up there. Absolutely. The up there. Yes. It's great stuff all the way around. So um, it's kind of interesting, you know, for the past, what, I, I think 30 years probably, um, I've been involved in bringing operatic education to the state of New Hampshire. And uh, that was because I was, I had had my career in Europe and in this country. And when I got married and had kids, I didn't want to do the travel thing anymore. So I settled down here in New Hampshire and found different ways to, you know, bring opera to our children. One of the best ways was I was with 28, 27 years with Opera New Hampshire, bringing, you know, thousands and thousands of kids, bringing opera to thousands of kids every year, every year that we did it. So we've, we've, we've actually been out there quite a bit doing this. Um, I'm, I'm now director of Piccola Opera, which has been a program here in New Hampshire that Lucy is our president of the board, and so you see how active she's been. She's been very supportive of the arts here in New Hampshire, for sure. And um, our 501c3 nonprofit status is with a mission to educate, enlighten, and entertain the audience with regard to opera. And um, Lucy, how have you found your time as president of the board at Piccola Opera? Oh, well, <clears throat> it was an honor to be asked Oh. Very much so. Um, I feel that I serve with some very capable people. I trust I bring certain qualities, but they each bring essential uh, skills and knowledge and experience also to our board. Um, I really believe in what Jane does. I, I should step back a little bit and tell you that when I actually retired, I knew I wanted to kind of work on my voice a little bit, and I started taking lessons from Jane. Now, over my lifetime, I've taken lessons from many teachers, uh, and I hope none are listening. Um, no, no. I, but I did find that Jane was exceptional uh, through her studies at the Metropolitan Opera and her career in opera. She knew so, so many ways to teach me and show me and, and uh, help me practice the, 
uh, good singing skills. Um, and if I didn't quite get something, she knew yet another way to make it work. She never, she never got frustrated with me. She always <laughs> knew other, other strategies to use. And, uh, and I always felt encouraged. And then I've watched her with children, and I see where she's always smiling, even when it's a little difficult. And she's always encouraging, and I have complete confidence. The quality of her instruction is excellent. Thank you. So I went off topic there a little bit. But, <clears throat> okay, so being on the board, yeah, I believe in what Jane does. I believe uh, I've seen the results of her, um, her education of, of students. Last summer, I think, some of those um, week-long workshops where uh, Jane and the guest teacher came and worked mm. with some of our and at that time, we had some older emerging opera singers involved. And just to see what was possible in a week's time with proper education and practice mm. was really amazing. Yeah. And not only the quality of their voices, but their stage presence and their uh, enunciation and projection. And it, it was wonderful to see. So I really believe in the, in the goal. Uh, and um, I think... I think, well, Jane may want to speak to it. We're going to be focusing more on our younger singers now. Yes, that's correct. Um, the, uh, the teenage age, uh, teenage singer, uh, being sure that they get proper vocal training and then proper uh, uh, good opportunities to perform, to learn opera, and, and then to perform it. So we're excited about that. It's a big change. Future, yeah. It's the first time we've done that. I I've, have never done that before. Um, youth have always been a very important component of the opera company. One-third of our program was always dedicated to youth, and one-third to the emerging opera singer, and then one-third to community, right, community singers. Uh, but the truth is, is as I'm getting older, I'm finding that trying to service, um, you know, three separate populations is, is becoming challenging. And uh, I just love working with young singers. I love working with teenagers. And when you stop to really think about it, if our mission is to educate the public with regard to opera, there is no better population to educate than our youth. Because we all know opera is probably going to go to a niche format if it's not already there. Niche meaning specialized, smaller uh, you know, portion of the musical world. And uh, we, if we don't want that to happen, we have to be more widespread with getting out education on what this is. And I think that teaching this art form to a youth is the best way to do it because everyone they come in contact with is going to have, is going to hear, right, what they did and how they did it and why it was important. I wish we could have more youth opera in this country. We don't have near enough. Um, so I really am so, so grateful to our board because, you know, it's a nonprofit organization. The director doesn't get to run the company. The director gets to implement what the board supports. And um, our board, you know, f has decided that we're going to support the youth. So Piccolo Youth Opera is going to be the entity that will get all of our attention. So I'm actually very excited about it. <laughs>
Uh, Jane, what's something? Oh, and I'm, I'm changing it around, but oh, asking right. you, yeah, like what you you're going to be teaching something about your your students about handling maybe stage fright, yep, absolutely being, having confidence on stage. Probably every person who's listening listening has had times when you felt anxious or nervous in front of a group. Mm-hmm. And Jane has so much experience with performing and speaking in front of people. And she's going to be able to talk, work with these young people to help them learn strategies, ways of thinking, uh, breathing probably as well, mm-hmm. so that they can be relaxed and perform well in front of others. Right. So that skill goes so far beyond the performing music um, skill set. Be, when we go back to the conversation we had, Lucy, with regard to technology, mm-hmm. um, that skill of being able to deal with adrenaline rush that comes mm-hmm. in with other people. <clears throat> Generally speaking, you're not going to get a real big adrenaline rush playing a game. You might get a little, little, you know, peak. <laughs> but the adrenaline is when we, as a group, come together and we're not sure, right, about the outcome. That's when our body has a, fl- you know, a flight or fight sequence going on there with the adrenaline. And until we can use that to our advantage, it will be a negative. Mm-hmm. And so it starts with understanding first and then working with the impulse. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to teach these youngsters so that, you know, when they have to have that interview, if they don't sing even, just take the singing and throw it out. But if they're in a position where they have to put their, their best foot forward, they will know how to do it because they will have taught themselves. And so... It, Music really important. Been my whole life, but I I know too that other things are equally important. And music can and youth opera can help even teach these things. So absolutely important. You remembered that I I forgot about that conversation. That's good. <laughs> yes. So I I really hope that um you and know we'll see how it goes. Right. Language we don't. Maybe oh, yeah. sometime. Well, when they're learning opera, they. Uh, maybe learning in a different language. Yes. So there'll be an opportunity for language instruction. We actually teach international phonetic alphabet at Youth Opera. Um, so this is the alphabet symbol system that the entire Western world uses for all of its, you know, linguics, linguistics um, from the Western countries. So they have to be able to IPA French, Italian, German. Uh, we won't use Russian, but Russian would be one of them, Latin and English. Um yeah, and they become really good at it quick. Kids are great at IPA. <laughs> so that's always a good component. Absolutely. So there's an awful lot to it. I mean, there's the performance, there's the musicality, there's the understanding of um, stage dynamics and presentation. Um, they, they're on five or six different levels beyond what most musicians will be just by taking up opera as the art form, you know, very cool stuff. We'll see how it goes. It'll be new. It'll be new for us all, I think. Uh, but I think that it's a great endeavor and I think the kids will love it. I think that once we get it going, mm-hmm. it'll be fine. It'll be new. It'll be new, but I, again, <laughs> I've watched you in action <laughs> and I have no doubt that it, they will pick up on your enthusiasm and your instruction, your guidance will add to their confidence in taking on this art form. Thank you very much, Lucy. It means a lot. 
Um, our guest today is Lucy Gentihome from Concord, Concord native right here. And uh, she is a former educator, guidance counselor, music lover, art lover, and president of Piccolo Youth Opera. Piccolo Youth Opera soon, right? And uh, a friend. And uh, thank you for coming out and talking with us today. It's been a great little show. Thank you. My pleasure. pleasure. Oh, good. We're we're both there. (laughs) And uh, this is Jane Comier from Art for Living, WKXL 1450 AM. 103.9 103.9 FM Concord, and of course, 101.9 FM in Manchester. And uh, we want to thank you very much for coming out for Art for Living. And we should have another nice show for you next week. You have a great day or night, and uh, we'll see you soon. Or we'll hear you soon. <laughs>